see the delectableness that is the best city in the world, Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Eve's Drop podcast. This episode is number 161. 160 if you don't include the Dynasty podcast that was supposed to happen or the 6050 podcast that was supposed to happen. It doesn't matter. Neither here nor there. We have a very special guest. This dude has been around from the beginning of time. And I mean from the beginning of time. Uh, Co-founder of a website called 360 Icons. If you guys are uh, old school and understand and, and, and know the history of Call of Duty, then you are very well familiar with Ego the Icon and, of course, Mr. Ice, uh, Andrew Peterman that I have sitting right here. Mr. Ice, welcome to the show. Excited to be here. Long time coming. Very long time. So I guess we can start with uh, with a bunch of questions. Um. I don't even know where to begin. We, you and I have been friends for such a long time that doing podcasts like these are difficult because I already know everything that there is to know about you. I think the majority. And we've already talked for three hours today. And we already talked for three hours today in meetings. You are the COO of Optic, uh, Chief Operating Officer, which essentially means that you sort of oversee. You, you keep. Well, how would you describe it? You're the bumper. The bumpers on the on the on the bowling lanes. Yeah, uh, and try to just keep problems from flowing down. Mm -hmm. let people make content not have to worry about anything else more important from following up to me that's it you're, you're, you're the shit stopper don't let don't let my brain get infected uh by stuff like that but uh i, I want to start with uh pure talent gaming pt first team on game battles to ever go 100 and 0 yep who was on that team i think that was aox wasn't it army of excellence uh art of execution oh so aox uh, rambo that was uh, originally it was prof Crow, Crow, Play, and Next. Play and Next. And my little brother, Jack, okay. made their logo. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Yeah. Get the fuck out of yeah. here. So, so that's actually how I got into gaming is we modded games. Mm -hmm. I coded and he did all the art, like 3D modeling, animation, all that. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, that's how I began. But wasn't PT, wasn't Hasro involved in PT at some point? No, I think... Or that I think he, he took competed the against. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember this one guy from PT. I, I thought. I thought that PT was the first team to go 100 and on game battles. Though I was almost one of the, one of the teams. One of the teams. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then what happened? Obviously, game battles was a thriving thing. Yep. 
what why what happened what led you and ego how did you meet ego let's start there i was ego is one, ego's a character that i wanted to yeah. have on the podcast for the longest fucking time e ego is ego is great so i if i remember i was in a lobby it was probably an mw2 lobby with the aox guys mm -hmm. and then ego was in there mm -hmm. and we just went into like you know an old xbox live direct chat yeah, yeah, yeah. um and someone had told him that i knew how to make websites and he was trying to the 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 current ladder system and tournament system on 360 icons was not working well mm -hmm. uh and so he asked if i could help make a new one and i said sure and then uh well then i spent instead of so i was at that point i was a freshman in college okay and really had no idea what i wanted to do I knew that I could. I knew that I could make websites, and I was pretty good at that. But I didn't really want to make a career out of that. Mm -hmm. But the gaming space uh, was was so. Uh, it wasn't like it is today, where there's real job. Like these days, there's real jobs. Like there's accountants. There's all that. Like there's everything. In esports. In esports. Yeah, of course. Back then, there were no jobs, and and so it was a hobby for everyone. Uh, and so I absolutely loved the competitive Call of Duty space and uh and wanted to contribute so i was like sure and so i spent a summer instead of going and do a doing an internship somewhere else i spent a summer building the new website yeah and it was called 360 icons 360 icons legendary 360 icons website if you're old school call of duty you know how important or how meaningful that website was because you know, it's good to have several places to compete in Call of Duty, yeah. right? Um, game battle sort of being the de facto go-to was one thing. Um, this was before MLG became a thing, yep. right? Um, what's it, what was it called before game battles? SOCOM battles. SOCOM battles, that's yeah. right. And then it became game battles. And then, uh, yeah, whatever. But uh, we, you provided something that was easier to deal with uh, from a competitive standpoint. It was more catered to the competitive side of things than yeah. it was to the casual people like me who just play GBs yeah. for the fuck of it. Yeah, we we would run 2048 tournament, 2048 team tournaments every single weekend. 2000? Yep. And so there was this group of volunteers for for uh for rep to referee it. I mean, just imagine with you when you have that many teams playing at once. Back then everyone was kind of there were some scumbags and you've got it's an open bracket, which is what people loved. Mm -hmm. So you had teams like you know what turned into the optic roster playing on there and if you were just a random person you could create a team and play and you could potentially match up against them if you yeah. made far enough yeah uh which is why everyone loved it mm -hmm. and and the the prizing was like like 200 bucks people were just playing for the passion of course do you think that there is a little bit too much work slash business slash profession that we've lost a lot of the passion for the for the esport and it's just all across all esports right like this isn't just uh just for game for, for yeah. call of duty it's gaming in general definitely i i think it's it would be hard to argue otherwise it there's there's still so many passionate people um but i think often some of that gets buried under just yeah. structure i started my career in gaming as a referee did you really for for nx gamers i had no idea you remember you remember nx gamers yeah, yeah nxg um i used to uh i used to be a ref before i joined optic i used to be a ref 
the reason that I joined Optic was because I was a ref and I became really good friends with Jay. Um, and by the time that everybody left and Optic was sort of left just to me and mm -hmm. me, because Diesel at the time was um, playing with uh, Rage or some shit. Not the sniper team Rage, but anyway, it doesn't fucking matter. Long story short, as a lot of you know, I started off as a ref, which just, again, volunteering. Now, mind you, I am a 26-year-old dude uh with uh with a house responsibilities uh full-time job but i couldn't do anything else but wanted you know, i wanted to be better at call of duty and what mm. better way than to learn and what better way than to learn from the best by refereeing that so i always i you know i i forget that i started as a ref sometimes you know what i'm saying like it's it's, it's been such a fucking whirlwind blink of an eye scenario for me that like, I forget that I started as that. So anyway, back, back to the passion on, on this thing. Um, Eagle, obviously, was, I mean, still to this day, there isn't a single Call of Duty player, I don't think, that doesn't owe, in some way, shape, or form, uh, a, 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 a nod to Ego. The entire, I, th I would say that the, the entire Call of Duty, competitive Call of Duty community does. Yeah. Because 360 icons fill the gap at a time when there was really nobody else. That's right. Um, Did 360 icons do the frack up? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. With with Fwiz, Fwiz brought that to us. Yeah. Um, From Machinima, and the reason he brought it to you guys is because Sonny and Sepso at over at MLG slash Game Battles wanted a bigger deal from uh, from Machinima, which is fine. Yep. Uh, but you know there was no money being allocated for this one specific thing, and you know Fwiz said, you know what, I know a guy, <laughs> and that's when he went to you and Ego. Um, Ego was the manager of Envy at some point, right? Also, yeah. All right, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. All right. So, uh, 360 Icons is founded. We, we, you throw up a bunch of tournaments. Um, you fill the gap in for a lot of the people that were like up and comers. But you know, I don't want to turn this about the ego thing, but it's an important piece because it involves 360 Icons. But Ego was the guy that found Karma and a bunch of other fucking people out there but like he discovered karma and set him like i think paid for some of his travel and like all that shit so you know karma is one of the guys that owes uh, a lot to ego i don't know shit to him but he was he, he he was such a good friend of mine for such a long time that you know i i, I always pay i always make sure that i pay my dues to somebody like that because without his involvement or without his without your involvement also right uh is that so all right, so 360 Icons happens. What was what was it like to run that website, and when did it end, and why did it end? So it, it was, a, I mean, especially on the weekends. I mean, I was a full-time college student. Um, oh, wow. Uh, especially on the weekends, uh, it took just about all my time. So uh, that, was, that was kind of the story of, of my time in, in college was, was I didn't spend a lot of time. Uh, I wasn't in a fraternity. I... I didn't spend a lot of time doing really anything outside of my classes, which I did focus on. It was important to me. Uh, I spent most of my time working on stuff like this. What did you major in? Uh, computer science is what I ended up major. I, I didn't. I went in not knowing what, what I wanted to do. To do. Yeah. It was like a general engineering. It was kind of like you got to you got to take a year and sort of like test everything out. But after doing 360 icons, I was like, I might as well just go computer science. I'm good at it. Yeah. Um, so that's so that's what I went. So what happened? What did, how much how much were you getting paid back then for by 360 icons? I I think I, I was I was thinking about this the other day. I think at some point, um, in order to justify me not going and doing some summer internship somewhere else, uh, I got paid something, mm -hmm. it, but that wasn't an incredible amount of money. But for the most part, it was it was 
volunteer work. Like we just, it's because I loved Call of Duty. I loved the Call of Duty community. Mm -hmm. I believed in what we were doing. Uh, getting 2048 teams every weekend is, we, we knew there was something there. Uh, it, we just started to, to this, the whole sponsorship, like that had just started to open up a little bit. There were some, some, I, I don't think it exists anymore. There was some energy drink company that doesn't exist anymore that did one sponsorship. Drink Redux, the cocaine, remember cocaine energy? No, that was our first sponsor. It was and one of those. Product. It was one of those. Yeah. Um, and, you know, towards the end, I, the, I can see on here we have like a ranking system. So I, I tried to build out a way for uh, there to be an actual, like a, an, an overall leaderboard for people that participated every week. Um, who, Rambo's number one on there. Then Foreplay. Yep. Then Sharp. Then Ego, who also played Call of Duty. Yep. Then Mainstream. I don't know who that is. I don't remember Discoverable. I don't remember Devastation. I remember Moti, uh, Striker. I remember Striker. Uh, was that Carbon? I don't remember that. Anyway, long story short, what what ended up happening? I I just didn't have time anymore. I college got. I mean, the, I, my junior and senior year, it just it became hard to spend the time that I needed to spend on 360 icons. I just couldn't dedicate the time to. And I didn't want it to kind of, I didn't want to just kind of fizzle away there. So I talked to Ego and I told him that the, the site would keep running. I was happy to check back in and help if, if something went, went wrong, but I wasn't going to keep, uh, keep develop, developing some type of like um, ladder system or anything like that. Um, so uh, I don't remember when 360 icons stopped operating, but it was sometime after, sometimes after that. So then obviously like uh, what, what year was this? Like 210, 211? So I, I, I went to college 2009. Uh, I think MW2 came out that year, mm -hmm. ended, like November of that year. So that was my freshman year. So I graduated in 2013. I stopped doing 360 icons maybe 2012, 2011, 2012. Uh, that sounds right. Uh, and I obviously still was like loved the space and I would still watch. And I think what I shifted to do during that time when I had less time was I was, I was building, a, I was building these little little programs to help people not get DDoSed. Mm -hmm. uh, if you remember, it was a nightmare back then. If oh, you yeah. turned Skype on the wrong way, yeah. people had your IP address and you, oh. so I was, I was building some software that basically just long story short is it just protect it. It helped, it helped protect people from that specifically streamers. Who are some of the people that you helped back then? People in optic. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was Nade and, uh, Rambo and Seth and every, everyone that was around back then pretty much um, ran some version of this this program that helped to redirect Skype to something else. Yeah, yeah. Don't give. Don't, I mean, you don't know, <laughs> no need to give away the the, the recipe for free. Uh, all right. Now, obviously, by this time you know Optic. You know you're you're helping Optic yep. and. Uh, when did you join Optic and what were we doing back then? Which is obviously like the title, right? Like, like the guy that made Optic a million dollars in like two months, something yeah, like that. It was really fast. It was, uh, so, so I graduated in 2013. The Optic Minecraft stuff started, I think right around then that, like mm -hmm. that summer, summer of 2013. Yep. We just moved into uh, the house. Yep. Uh, and all of these, all these creators, all these content groups, had discovered that Minecraft, in addition to being the best game ever made, was a fantastic way to get to play games with their audiences. Yeah. It, it scaled in a way that other games didn't. Yeah. And um, 
and it was really entertaining to let people be characters like yeah. what it brought out the personality in people yeah and originally it was the there was a hunting hunting optic series that's that's how i first i helped set up the server for that it was mm -hmm. it, that was not that complicated setting up a basic server for the hunting optic series with uh with syndicate with syndicate and you would see yourself like you, you're you're in like a lot of the videos right because you would see yourself coming in and like <laughs> yeah. this white and blue yeah fucking icon like um it was like the skin like i never yeah. changed it I no never still, changed still to this yeah. day yeah um and hunting optic obviously with with syndicate and all that. I, I knew how to play minecraft but nature and big timer didn't know how to so when syndicate came and said it's like hey i want to create a series where i'm hunting you guys while these guys learn how to do this and i was like okay cool i'll guide the guys and like i'll sort of like tell them what to do and then i just let obviously like there's no direction on this thing it was just like yo um and did you offer did i come to you like how how did how did that happen i i'm sure i was in a chat somewhere I was, yeah. Again, one of the things I made was like this chat bot before chat bots were a thing. Uh -huh. So I'm sure I was in there somewhere and someone talked about making a Minecraft server and I was like, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the thought occurred to us that maybe for like the season finale or the or, or the finale of this of, of the show that we would allow people to go in in invisible mode yeah. to spectate anything that they wanted to, right? They can fly across the world, get coordinates and all this other shit for, for, uh, for people. Uh, and from that thought came... The, hey we could do a minecraft server which i spent a lot of fucking money on right i mean i think everyone i mean it was like a million dollar property at, at some point yep um and i remember that we were trying to get seth to be involved we were trying to get merc to be involved and the only two that jumped on the opportunity for that was uh nate shot and big timer and obviously myself because i've always been a big fan of yep. uh the greatest game i agree uh that is minecraft and it was it was crazy because the day that we launched, I was in LA for some event, and I was having uh, lunch with um, I was having tater tots with uh, Diesel, and I remember putting the PayPal notifications on. I'm like I'm like I want to see because I'm like man we you know we're this is like the beginning like experimentation is something that you will never be able to say that we didn't do because we fucking throw everything at the wall sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but i'll never have a doubt in my head that says man I, what would happen if i did that at least we know like uh, you know that so um and i just remember people just like money coming in like three cents uh 30 cents or not three dollars and 30 cents and like four dollars and i'm like i'm like oh my god i remember screenshot is sending it to you sending it to nate sending it to to D, uh not diesel because he was sitting in front of me and he saw it but to sending it to uh to big time and i'm like yo let's fucking like this is the like people love this shit let's yeah. fucking like invest some of this same money that we're making into this thing make it bigger make it bigger um and you know obviously always with the fans in mind like like how can we provide more than just entertainment etc cetera, etc cetera. what was that what was that 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 like i mean to see it as to create something that has so much success yeah like how how did it make you feel it i it was like the it was like the best and worst time of my life, I would say. Like okay. it was, it was. I, I I imagine it's somewhat. It's probably like similar to what streamers feel, where, um, like, so 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 we we're all we we're all partners in this business. Mm -hmm. uh, my job was equal four ways. Equal, yep. Uh, but my job was different than the other three. My job was to make sure that it runs, uh, make sure that it's profitable uh and keep developing new ideas yeah and the thing that i realized probably like live streamers realize is for live streamers when they're not making you know twitch streamers when they're not streaming they're not making money mm -hmm. 
And that's kind of like my, uh, what I realized was like, if I'm not spending time developing ideas for this, not coming up with new content, mm -hmm. like I'm just, I'm just losing money. Yeah. And, uh, it, it created this like, like simultaneously, like this, like incredible, like work ethic. Was that the most money you had ever made? Up At until that, point, that point for sure. Yeah. What did you tell your parents? Oh yeah. What do they say? Well, I, I remember, uh, I remember, so, so we would always run like sales around, around Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so my family's. What kind of sales? Like, like free just, cobblestone? Uh, yeah. Just like percents off or, or like Christmas events. Like, I mean, it was, we were creating in-game content. Yeah. Like the, what people were playing was not vanilla Minecraft. No. It was a, a very modded version of it with, with a lot of just things like. Notable people that played in that server. Pardon the interruption. Yeah. Symphony. Number one. Yep. Uh, he's the most memorable. I think Nifty played. Yep. Yep. Um, Everyone was on it. Everyone yeah, was uh, on it. Uh, Dalton Schultz was on it. Yeah, yeah. He has a Minecraft tattoo. Yeah. I didn't know that till I met yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a lot of people. I'm yeah. sure I'll still meet people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Symphony being one of the ones. Yeah. Did he get banned? Uh, you got kicked. He got no. He talked about it in the podcast. Okay. Uh, fucking three years ago. Yeah, he did. He got. What was he doing? Uh, he was he's doing that glitch where you like crouching. You can't. You're in the struggle. What was that? Anyway, let's not get into it. But anyway, like very very prominent figures now had a humble beginning and humble start back then in, yep. in this server. And this server offered not only entertainment, but it offered such a great pastime that it was almost impossible to get off of it. For me, for Matt, for, for Big T, so. And I was addicted to making content for it. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I loved the, like, it's that creative. It's, it, was, it was my way of being able to express creativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, was being able to make stuff that, yeah. that people got to play and enjoy, and I got the feedback instantly. Uh, it was, that's why it was I my hours were terrible I would stay yeah. up all like I would stay up for 24 hours or more and yeah it, but it was simultaneously the best and worst time of my life so tell me what, what did your parents say when you told them so I was in, I was in the car so so we did the sale uh we did we did a Christmas sale every every year holiday sale we did a couple of them try not to do too many of them yeah, of course. um but one of the everyone knew that there was going to be a holiday one and I remember um getting in the car with my family to 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 drive from from home to where we went for uh for christmas and i was just sitting in the car and i was just like refreshing the page and i was like showing like i was like watch yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and because like you know that was you, you we did a combined like you know reset yeah. uh server reset server wipe uh with the with the sale and it just meant that every every christmas was uh, really important yeah for the you know for the server and the longevity of it yeah uh, ultimately we ended up winding down because of EULA, uh, yeah, I think, yeah. When, when Microsoft acquired it, um, they did not take like the, the Roblox approach where like Roblox and rust, uh, really encouraged and incentivized third party monetization, which like created so much content for the, they were kind of afraid of it. And I, and I thought a lot about it. I, I think it kind of makes sense to me. Uh, Minecraft at that point. Um, appealed to such a young audience that like the one thing if you're Microsoft and you're and you're trying to acquire acquire Minecraft something that is is one of the most valuable IPs in the world the riskiest thing possible is making it feel like it's unsafe for kids yeah and so even though I think it was a mistake and I think they could have they could have built a system an ecosystem that was uh, more regulated um, and still incentivizing mm -hmm. for for people like us their decision was just like this is too this is too risky we just got to kill it yeah where are servers now? Do they still exist? Some still exist. Um, most of the ones, I, I think Hypixel is probably the, the most popular one. They, ha they took all the money they made, 
which was probably very substantial, and they invested it into like, making what's substantial. What do you think? Hard, really hard to tell. It's it's at no, least what we had multi. It's it's probably forty or fifty million dollars. Jeez, how many guys? Maybe were more. A lot. A lot they, of guys were working on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I know at some point they had hundreds of thousands of concurrent players. No, no. How many people behind the business? A, a lot. There's probably a team of a hundred. I, I really, I really don't know. I mean, developers? We, not all developers. I mean, because there's you still have. I mean, they they were they ended up structured a lot more like a traditional game studio. Like they gotcha, had, gotcha, you know, they gotcha, had gotcha, all gotcha, the different gotcha, yeah, they had yeah. art and they had like gameplay and mm. um, network. You know, like network administrators and yeah, like yeah, I mean, yeah, it, was yeah. a, it was a serious operation. Yeah, and like they fifty mil. You think? And they wow. said yeah. And then I mean, I, that could be that could be low. I I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I know that they because You're from Hypixel DM me. I will not tell a soul. I mean, I'll tell my people. Right they, now, I, will, I will say that they were so high profile that they they had to abide by the rules. They had a lot more pressure than anyone else, so they, they were probably the weren't ones, yeah. able to monetize like After their business sale. like to the same extent that yeah. everyone else was. And then they took their money and then they reinvested into something else, right? Like an, an actual, yeah, yeah Hightail. So, yeah. so they so Hightail they made a new studio to make a new game. Uh, it was a response to. Uh, it was a response to Microsoft's acquisition and the change of that business. Yeah. They uh, they said, well, if you're not going to let us do it in Minecraft, we'll just make our own version yeah. and we'll let other people do it. Uh, so that got acquired by Riot. Riot, yeah. Uh, and they've been working on it for a couple of years. A decade. It's been a long time. Yeah, I know decade. I know that... Uh, yeah, where Where is it? They've, they, they have some, some developer posts that are out. I, I think they've gone through... What they're trying to build is something that is going to rival a Roblox and a, and a Fortnite. Like mm -hmm. that's kind of how they're thinking. So it, it's it's not really a surprise to me that they're trying to get it perfect. Yeah. They don't they don't own a like Fortnite's uh, huge advantage is Unreal Engine. The fact that they own Unreal Engine, they don't have like they're trying to build a basically a game engine that people can create content. In. Yeah. So I can see why it takes so long. Yeah. No, I mean again, you know, it's, it's one of the ones that I've been looking like where is it right i'm yeah. i am per as a fan i'm like where the fuck is this yeah. thing um i've been thinking about like i i fight i have an internal struggle almost on a daily basis or or on a weekly basis okay one do i restart game of thrones <laughs> or do i start a new fucking minecraft server every like at least twice a week when i'm like mega bored like i get home and i'm just fucking beat and i'm like man i wish i could just like zone out and do some call of duty it, 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 like so many things have to happen in order for me to be happy playing Call of Duty. So many things. Yeah. One, work can't be work. And right now work is work. Uh, game battles obviously is a big, big part of it, but I don't play enough to be able to compete. So I just, I'm just like, man, what, what do I do? I either start Game, game of Thrones, which I don't want to. Uh, although I believe that if I get stoned enough when I'm in LA... That if I watch Game of Thrones again, because it's been such a long time since season one came out. Uh, when, okay, when did it end? Like in 2019? So it's been like a good almost five years. Do I wait to 10 years? Or do I start a new fucking server and just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, it's like, I always struggle with this thing. And you're you're my guy for that, right? Every single time we start a server. I think about it all the time too. I still I still get messages. There's still a uh, an old OpticCraft Discord that yeah. I'll just like message some people. Fuck yeah. Like all those, everyone there's all, you know, grown up. Like it's been 10 years since we launched that. Yeah. And if you think about it, like when Big Timer and I casted our first ever uh, factions tournament, yeah. like who else had done that up until that point, right? Like again, this, this points towards the fact that 
when when you are only concerned with creating a good fun product and money fuck like money is like the last thing not necessarily the last thing but it's not it's it's, a, it's an afterthought to what we have like that that's what we are missing right now in everything that's happening in esports there isn't a single ounce of fucking passion that i've seen please correct me please share your stuff if you're working on I'm, I'm i'm just speaking broadly i think i think like i think the example of of that is like the creator tournaments that hitch is running right like i think yeah. that's that's closer to the type of thing that we need and, and that we're looking for um but yeah i agree i i think about i think about Minecraft all the time. I think about the fact that I haven't, I haven't looked at the game in, you know, at least five years. Minecraft's been a big part of your life. You, your girl, right? Like you, you sort of met her there. Like she used to be on your stream and shit like yep. that. Yep. Um, Minecraft has been such a big part of us because I do believe wholeheartedly that Optic wouldn't be where it's at had we not. What's up, Kenny? Let's go, my man. Get this fucking bread, kid. Um. Uh, I, I believe that if the syndicate thing would have never happened, that we wouldn't have exploded the way that we did. I mean, we were already on the path, and yes, impossible to say whether or not we would have had the same success, but it wouldn't have been as fast as it was if if my man wouldn't have been... Uh... The I, I remember at that time, when the guys were streaming Minecraft, they were at the top of Twitch. Yeah. It was no question. No. And... I mean, when, when, whenever we went live from the house, like we Call of Duty had never been on top of Twitch yeah. ever. Call of Duty as a game, had never been the number one watched game on Twitch ever until we pressed go live all at the same time and we had all four spots. That people forget about. And I understand. Yep. But, uh, all right, so Minecraft aside, uh, we we shut that down, so then you have to go, you still, I mean, Optic obviously is, is, uh, is in its founding stages. There's no money for, yep. uh, all the money that was coming in was going to the players, and some of it will be retained by the org. Yep. We we're like an agency before agency, so like yep. we were keeping 20, I was keeping 20% for house things. Some of, uh, I, would, I would use some of that money to pay some of my bills, but uh, the rest of it was like me and my efforts, uh, you know, through whatever the fuck I was doing at the time. Um, to uh to to generate revenue to so we can continue to this is the other thing right like the like there isn't an organization like that out there right now there isn't a i mean sidemen but they're not an esports org i think sidemen is like the the north star as to what other people like if you think about phase right phase before that fucking prick uh from from uh the, the hubbard guy before he came into the, the the whole thing like they were just a group of guys who were just doing the same thing that we were doing yeah. and then Esports, which we all wanted to be a part of, and the amount of uh, opportunity that was there, oh, it just fucking, it just fucked everything, you know, in a sense. And 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 I'm not talking about it in 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 a in a sense of uh, disappointment or or disregard for how important esports is in my life. I just meant I just mean it from the from the point of we had such a good thing going. And if esports would have had a chance to grow up and investors didn't come in and all that. What do you think? What, what, if you could re rewind, what would be the loudest thing that you scream at the top of your lungs to investors coming into esports in 2014? It's not sports. I think the biggest mistake was calling it esports. Okay. I liked competitive gaming. Okay. I think the minute it said sports, mm -hmm. that got the wrong type of attention. Yeah. And, and, and it was like, from from just being a part of all of this, like I think the thing that that I've that I've noticed is that like it, it's it 
everyone has had such good intentions. Everybody. Yeah, of course. Um, but everyone tried to make it look like sports, and like what we were like that. But for, while forgetting that the entire reason that people wanted to be involved with it is because it it wasn't. It was a it was a hedge against an aging audience that was watching sports. Mm -hmm. But then we went in and we tried to make it look exactly like it, and that that's probably what I would scream. It's like it's not sports. It's not sports. I think it all went to shit when we capitalized the E. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It's like when it's like yeah. when when even nowadays I I almost want to go out of my way and, and do the lowercase. Yep. So that somebody can correct me and be like, oh, it's because you weren't here from the beginning. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's it's uh it's annoying, and everybody try to professionalize it so quickly. Everybody endemics people within yeah. this esports community try to turn it into sports. Yeah, and that's a disappointment. But neither here nor there. Look at the fucking house that we lived in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it it, it did its thing, but I mean, I can argue that the only reason that we were able to afford a house like that, and and again, this this house right here, no 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 investors. That was paid by the efforts. Of this dude, this dude, and the rest of the crew that was in there. Okay, it wasn't. There was no investment up until this point into this thing. And look how well-oiled machine this thing was. I, I sat right there at the top of that that driveway with Jay when I first got the offer, and I, I was I was looking this way to the sunset, and I was thinking, I was so I was I was so fucking conflicted so conflicted up until this point there's nobody else there's not 90 employees behind optic and you can argue this is the biggest optic that's ever been mm -hmm. and there's only one fucking person in the sales team that I, that I hired that I outsourced an accounting team by Jude <laughs> really no oh, yeah I mean she would get all every like yeah like she would get the accounting ready to go to the real yeah. accountants and shit but I don't, I don't, I, I agree with the, with the hitch tournaments and, and those sort of initiatives. Um, but there's like, there's, there's still a lot of red tape around those. Yeah, man. It's like, it's, yeah. I, but, but the, that's the type of thing. Like, I think, um, I think it was in the past, it was East esports was for the entertainment of the audience and also the people that were playing. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, and that's the whole, like when it becomes sports, it becomes like a job. Yeah. And and it's like the grind of a job mm -hmm. instead of the like the love of of what it is that we're we're actually getting to do. The day that I met Sundance and Sepso, or that the moment that they found out who I was, was when we were there and I made a, a iPhone video where I recorded Fwiz and Hasro casting a match. And I made a video and I uploaded it from my phone. It says, Yo, we are about to play, go check it out. And it spiked. It spiked so much that they're like, what the fuck just happened there? What the fuck is happening with this microphone? It's what I want to know. Cheap ass fucking org. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but, uh, but again, like all of these things were like, I, I didn't go there and say, oh my God, man, we're going to make so much fucking money. I literally was like, who fucking cares? Who cares? And, and it's, it's, it's tough for me to like make sense of the last decade because, you know, now we're seeing the outcome of what happens when money is the sole reason as to why something hyper it's, gross. It's, it is the, it's the, it's the reason. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, it's the reason why 
it's the reason why many people and many of the many of the the systems around this this esports exist mm -hmm. instead of it just being because we love it yeah yeah it's uh it's unfortunate but it, i mean it, it's like what what else could have happened we continue to do this and everybody benefits yeah that that's like if if the only reason this fucking person sat on that fucking hill right there and and considered that investment or that buyout was because what else was how else was I going to compete? I can pay and yeah. I, I can make enough to pay this, but when somebody is coming in and suffering the fucking face of Call of Duty, like more money, I'm not gonna hate on my friend. You know what I'm saying? I, I, it's, it's it's against my nature. I said, "Fuck yeah, man! Give me a lot of money. I'll take it. It'll be worth it in the end." And here we are. You know what I'm saying? Like fucking seven years removed, almost from that moment. That is that almost as much time afterwards as before so 2009 to 2017 that's eight years close very close very close um so almost two lifetimes i mean you know this is optics been around for four, 15 years next year well since 2006 it's gonna be 20 years so yeah like we're, we're right on the cusp of that 15 year next year will be 15 year anniversary i think if i'm right um and and from when I took over and, and it really became what it was, right? Yep. Because any, I mean, think about, we saw the clans, right? There was a PT, was it? Pure, yep. Pure Talent Pure Gaming? Talent. I, oh, I don't remember the names. There was a, like Vex or something like, there was a bunch of them. Yeah, so like, where are they? Right? So it's like, Optic was that mm -hmm. until this brain fucking touched it. Um, part of the interruption, ladies and gentlemen, we'll get back to my man Ice in just a little bit, but I want to give thanks to one of the three sponsors of this podcast today, one of them being someone that we've utilized for a very long time, somebody who I have mad love for, uh, Shopify. Shopify has enabled me to be able to provide optic stuff to you, Hector stuff to you, artwork to you, and uh, it can help everybody, no matter the level of size of business. My wife, who's just started her, uh, her business, um, Live in Jude, which is where she makes her uh, we're family artisans. We create things with our hands. And my wife is not only a mega lover of dogs, but she has created a bunch of the dog leashes and bandanas that, uh, and she's used Shopify. Shopify has been able to simplify her ability to get this to uh, the people that follow us. And uh, it's been really good, All right? If you guys didn't know, Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. So from the launch to your go online uh, shopping stage to the first real life storage stage, because Shopify doesn't just uh, offer e-commerce, it offers in-person opportunities for you to be able to uh, collect money from your customers. Uh, whether you are selling scented soap, uh, dog leashes, mini walls with graffiti on them, uh, it doesn't matter. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from the from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person point-of-sale system, wherever and whatever it is that you're selling. Shopify is the platform that has you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Uh, with the internet's best converting checkout at 36% better on average compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. It helps you sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered 
All-Star. Uh, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce platforms in the United States, and Shopify's global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs like yours truly uh, across 175 uh, countries of all sizes. And right now, if you sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash eavesdrop, that's all lowercase. I'll leave in the link in the description down below to make it super easier for you to get there. But if you go to shopify.com slash eavesdrop, E-A-V-E-S-D-R-O-P, right now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, that's your go-to. Shopify.com slash eavesdrop. Thanks again for sponsoring the podcast. Our next sponsor is On Coming Goods. If you haven't finished your holiday shopping yet, don't panic. I sure don't. There is still time to find an incredible original gift with the help of On Coming Goods. OnComingGoods.com has the absolute best gifts for everyone in your life. We're talking moms, dads, teens, in-laws, besties, COOs, uh, production managers, uh, everything. On Coming Goods has a unique and creative gifts, often handmade by independent artists and makers. So skip the gifts that scream last minute and find something truly original at OncomingGoods.com. Here are some of my favorite things from their site. This is an iPhone escape room. This is genius, by the way. Escape room, make, creating something like this that allows for people to sort of figure out how to get their iPhones in there. Like if you think about it, at a party, I can take everybody's iPhones, put it in here and be like, good fucking luck. The other thing is that, look at this, look at this soup bowl. Look at this bowl of soup. Got a nice little nose on it. Hard to grab, personally, but if you go like this in your soup, it's pretty good. Looking for a gift you don't have to worry about getting lost in the mail? Well, Oncoming Good experiences are more than virtual classes. They are unexpected opportunities to have fun and connect in new ways from tarot card readings, lunar astrology charging, cooking and mixology classes. Who, who doesn't want to learn how to make a good old-fashioned, gosh darn it? I know I do. Uh, crafts, gardening, and so much more. And with every purchase you make at Oncoming Goods, they give $1 back to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to this date. And right now, to get 15% off your next gift, go to oncominggoods.com slash eavesdrop. That's all lowercase, and I'll leave a link in the description down below to make it super easy. But that is oncominggoods.com slash eavesdrop for 50% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer on Coming Goods. We are all out of the ordinary. Next, but certainly not least, is Hanson Shaving. Now look, this... I haven't applied it to me, but I have used it. And what I like about it the most is that it comes with this little razor that look, has this old school vintage feel to it, but it's very modern and it has like this solid feel to it. You unscrew the top as you did in the old school. You put the blade in there, you screw it back on and shave away. Uh, and that is why you need to meet Henson Shaving. Henson Shaving is a family owned aerospace parts manufacturer that makes parts and has made parts for the ISS, uh, the International Space Station, if you guys don't know what the acronym means, and the Mars Rover. And now they're bringing their precision engineering to your shaving experience. Razor blades are like diving boards. The longer, uh, the, longer the board, the more the wobble. The more the wobble, the more the nicks, cuts, and scrapes. A bad shave isn't a blade problem. It's an extension problem. So by using aerospace-grade CNC machines, Henson makes razors that extend just 0.0013 inches, which is less than the thickness of a human hair. That means a secure and stable blade with a vibration-free shave. It gets better. The razor has built-in channels to evacuate hair and cream, which makes clogging virtually impossible. It is the best razor, seriously. Henson Shaving wants to be the best razor, not the best razor in the business, that means no plastic, no subscriptions, no proprietary blades, and no planned obsolescence. And 
guess what? It's easy on the pockets. It's very affordable. The Henson Razor works with standard dual-edge blades to give you that old-school shave and the benefits of the new-school technology. Once you own a Henson Razor, it's only about 3 to $5 per year to replace the blades. So... It's time to uh, say no to subscriptions and yes to Razor. That'll show you a lifetime full of bliss. Visit hensonshaving.com slash eavesdrop, all capitals. I'll leave a link in the description to make it easy for you. But to pick the Razor for you and use code eavesdrop, that's E-A-V-E-S-D-R-O-P, and you'll get two years' worth of blades free with your Razor. Just make sure to add them to your cart. What does that mean? When you go to checkout, add the blades to your Razor. You'll get the discount there. They'll subtract it, and they'll give you those two years' worth of blades for free with your razor uh, just make sure that you add them to your card again that's 100 free blades when you head to hensonshaving.com that's h-e-n-s-o-n-s-h-a-v-i-n-g.com slash e-a-v-e-s-d-r-o-p and use code eavesdrop all capitals at checkout thank you so much back to my man ice oh man all right so all right so by, by this time we're in this house and we're doing that. Where are you at now? Like in the, in this thing, I, like uh, Minecraft falls apart. You got to find a yeah. job because I can't give so, you. So I mean, I I did. So if I remember, and it, it was a while ago, I did Optocraft and then I and then I went to uh uh, I worked with like Woody's Gamer Tag on Woodycraft. And I went back to Opticraft to do Optocraft again because we we did it. We sort of did it twice, uh, and then uh, I finished Minecraft with Preston. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Preston Place, yeah, Preston, Preston, and Robin Preston, who actually just recently met. Like I, I knew I, I've met Preston in person before, but Rob for the first time. Oh, cool. Rob's kind of like the. Uh, he has a YouTube channel. I think you know him, like Woofless, Woofles, Woofles, Um But he's sort of the kind of business, more you know, operations oriented guy. Yeah. Uh, so I, so I, I worked with them for a little bit, um, and I made a, I made an anti cheat for Minecraft that um, was probably one of my favorite projects. Um, taught me a lot about how all of that works mm -hmm. um and i went from there to uh that was 2017 uh when esports when all of this stuff started happening and, yeah and I, and I was talking with you a bit in that in that fall um and then i i got a call from mike astro, astro uh that he was moving envy to dallas which i was in houston at the time and i was mm -hmm. like well that makes a lot of sense and uh blew up and met with with him and one other person and the next day uh took the job of uh at that point i was the i was a director of business development okay uh and so my my job at envy at that point was to try to build out businesses like a Minecraft business for Envy. Mm -hmm. Monetize an audience. Uh, that that, or or look for, you know, there's all these just all these opportunities, that, especially at that time, just just everywhere. Yeah, trying to you've got this like whiteboard full of ideas, and you're trying to pick the right one. Uh, and that and that was the job. And yeah. so I've been uh, a part of this organization more or less. You know, the the merge with Optic um, for the last uh, six years. So four years at Envy. Um, when you first heard about the merger opportunity, how did you feel? I was about time. <laughs> well, about time how? Uh, I about just, time I, that you worked for Optic, or about time that the merger well, happened? I, I got you know obviously we we worked together through the Opticraft times and just even before that on just random streams, just just random stuff. Uh, but I hadn't really gotten to work work with you uh, in a kind of 
in the mature business environment. Worst thing about working with me. Oh, it's worst and best. Uh, you, I can get most of your time if there's breakfast in front of you. That's right. My most important meetings, the meaningful ones, happen at breakfast for yep. me. So I don't ask you for meetings. Ask you to go to breakfast. Right. Um, and it's also the best one. Yes, it is. Fucking delicious. Foods. And I've learned a lot of great spots as a result. That's right. Uh, all right. So now finally, you know, the, the, the merger happens, which facilitates us working together. Yep. Um, how have the last two years gone for you? It's, it's, it's sort of, it was sort of surreal because, you know, I, I was, I was, uh, you know, a distant part, but I felt like a part of the optic family from 100%. 2013 to 2000. And then it became really difficult because I was working for Envy and, and, and all of this stuff was happening with optic that I was not, I was not a part of. And, you know, uh, there, there are new people that I, I had never met before, uh, that had become really, really important to optic. And I just didn't know them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm and important to optic and important to the green wall hmm. that i that i didn't know mm -hmm. and so it was it was a difficult it, it was it was definitely it was a really tough line to walk where uh on paper i was i was responsible for a lot of people and a lot of you know content for example that i was not going to touch because the people there knew better than i did on how to make content or whatever mm -hmm. for, for optic. Um, and so it was simultaneously this, this responsibility of, of on paper managing a group that I knew the best possible thing to do was just try to keep, and that's at the very beginning when I said, my job is to keep problems from like being a shield. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been trying to do for the last two years is just yeah. keep, keep the problems, have them stop at me and let people just keep making content. Yeah. Uh, the state of esports, obviously, right now, uh, obviously, we've seen a bunch of, um, we just saw the version one merger with G2. Um, what, what, how do you feel about it now? I think it's a healthy cleanup. I mean, there's going to be a lot of consolidation, um, which is, which is healthy. Uh, I think we're seeing creators have more and more opportunities um the you know it's an old reference but like i just i love using this example but like you know what shopify allowed artists to do where you don't need to go you don't need to like you you, you can you can just put your stuff online by yourself mm -hmm. you don't need help uh creators ha there's just been this this meteoric uh, Meteoric is the opposite. Uh, it's been this this incredible rise of creators. Well, I think Meteoric is the right thing. Well, Meteoric is down. Coming down. Yeah. Oh, but, up, so it's up. A rocket. Yeah, a rocket. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that'll continue. I think. Um, Isn't that interesting? The psychology of the statement that I just made. Right. I I associated esports with a meteor. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and you were thinking of the complete opposite for creators, which yeah. is yeah. I think I th so. I just I just think um, I, you know, I think ultimately we'll end up where we should have where we should have been. It was just we just took a bit of a detour. Yeah. I, I think uh, you know if 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 we if we'd have let esports be competitive gaming, I think we would have ended up with uh, the people that are playing streaming and monetizing their audiences directly. Because mm -hmm. um, I think that's what people. I think we. It's very clear people want to watch. Like let's use Shotzi as an example. People want to watch Shotzi. 
they want to be able to tune in and watch his perspective because that's how they play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not sports. You don't, you don't, I think, I think there is a place for a curated view and, and, and observers. Like I'm not selling that short, but like people, a lot of people watch because they love the game that they're watching and they want to be better. Mm-hmm. And I, so I think that, I think we'll just see some, um, some changes to the way that people watch the games and the way that, you know, the, the economics of the space, I think we'll see some changes there. Um, but ultimately I think we'll end up where we, where we should have. If you were to, if you were to predict what 2030 looks like in esports, how would you describe it? And I know it's hard. I'll tell you, I, I, I think I can go first. Okay. I think that by 2030, we are back where we were in 2017. I think that with the, the, the great reset is inevitable at this point, right? Like every, I mean, look, look at, look at everything that has happened with every org, including ours, including Optic, all of the fucking history that has gone through, all the trials and errors, all the tribulations that we've gone through uh, to sort of get to a spot in which creativity leads the way. And uh, we try to monetize and keep keep the balance of the, the 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 creative with this and being able to pay for the creative and that's like the sole the 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 sole reason why things cost money, including salaries, is because we want to maintain a level of creativity that's going to outlast and hopefully this will catch up to it to a point to where it's just automatic. Everybody continues to do the things that they love to do. Yep. Um, and I think that by 2030 we're back at 2017 personally i agree i i think i think i i agree with everything you said i i would I also you know just everything's gotten easier to do i think like like you know streaming used to be at the beginning of mlg it was like this incredibly expensive still is to some extent but like it, it was really hard to do mm-hmm. now we've got you know nine setups in here where someone can click go live yeah and that's happened the last 10 years. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I think as things get easier to do, uh, just like with, with the, the world kind of opening in front of creators, I think creators will help continue to lead as they always have. We'll, we'll, we'll continue to lead this space. Mm-hmm. Uh, competitor, competitors in this space, especially the ones who are also creators, uh, will I think see even more success than, they, than, than the generations before. Uh, but otherwise, I agree. I think to the, I think it'll look a lot like it did uh, in 2017. I think that'll happen before 2030. I think that'll. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, a boy Shotzi, what's up, killer? You ready? Ready for this weekend? Hell yeah! We're doing a podcast. Don't interrupt. Thank you. Uh, I just want to say hi. <laughs> That's so fucked up. <laughs> uh, obviously, we have uh, Call of Duty starting this weekend. Yep. Um, you know, if if uh, w- one of the best things that this merger brought, besides you obviously coming back to to Optic, I think one of the best ones was like the the, the Shotzi pickup because talent like that, I mean, shit, man, like that, like I mean, yes, I don't, I don't want him to hear me, yeah. uh, but he, I remember when I think he did he play he might have played Halo for Envy before, uh, he played for Splice. Okay, so then so then Envy picked him up. I don't remember. I just I've. He's been around this space, this like physical space. I've seen him for maybe at least four years. Yeah. And he's always been, even though he's one of the most talented players and was immediately recognized as one of the most talented, has always been one of the easiest people to work with and, and so respectful and 
uh like i just i, I again i hope he do, i hope he doesn't hear me yeah. um but like he is he's Stand great up dude yep yeah that's why he's a perfect fit for us um you know back in the day stroll used to say i have a budget specifically for shots so <laughs> yeah. don't try to buy him out yeah uh so i don't know i thought i i you know a lot of a lot of good things have 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 come from this um but you know it comes with its own fucking set of fucking headaches that i'm just like you know sometimes i just i'm just like oh, fucking brain hurts and uh you know luckily people like you people like david people like uh you know that that, that sort of manage the shit that i don't want to fucking manage has been like one of the biggest lifts because i can i am not what i was when i was there i am not that guy 30 the 36 year old phenom was a fucking phenom a fucking phenoms Sometimes look at my picture from way back then. This photo shoot that I did with uh with one of our sponsors, and I just look at it. And I'm like, I'm like, thank you, my man. Thank you, you <laughs> fucking gangster ass motherfucker. You, god damn it! I like if I could just have an ounce of that back. And I'm not saying that I'm not him anymore, but I'm definitely not him. Yeah, that that dude was him. Um, is the difference just creative? Like uh, you're spending more t less time being creative? Yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, back then it was, it, all I cared about was what is going to make them watch more. Mm -hmm. And it gave a creative outlet for me to make whatever part of my brain that does, that, that, that releases stress and, and, and worry and anxiety, like disappeared. I was, I was untouchable. Can nobody fuck with me back then? Just, I just, I, I was just an unbeatable personality. Like I, I loved my life. I mean, I love it now too, right? I'll get it run around. But back then man it was it was so fucking invigorating just like you know i'm, I'm not saying that that's not me anymore well, but but there is a level of hunger that i no longer have and that 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 fucking hurts me to well, know the, that's just I, there were so many firsts back then like the first 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 to do so many things and um that i can i can see that just being yeah addicting yeah yeah dude Think of, I mean, fuck, man. It's such, and, and and again, I love where I'm at now. Right? I'm not, I'm not discounting that, but there is a level of of want, a level of thirst, a level of um, something that is no longer up here and is no no longer in here. And the only time I find those moments are when I was fighting for Optic to get Optic back. When I was fighting through the Huntsman Day, those were the they were so fucking good. And now, like, I'm I'm fighting a different kind of like you know uh, just scenarios, right? And, yep. and every single time and and whether it's you know whether it's a player fucking wanting this or needing this or whether like the par part of a business we have like something that you know, like yo we should we should add this to the optic universe and it would yeah. fucking bang uh bring in fucking optic nation for example it's something that i've wanted to do since 2016 but it was going to start as something completely different it's going to be some loot crate but now we have the ability to do shows like idiots and you know that that th those sort of moments are fucking like oh man it, it's like those are the moments that i fucking just like just get me so fired up that i'm like i feel like the 36 year old phenom as a 43 year old and it's crazy to think those how long ago man that's a fucking a decade ago yep you know well actually nine seven six years ago who cares fact of the matter is is that esports isn't what it was and that that comes with with uh with growing, like the growing pains that they talk about, those are these moments, right? Yep. Because uh, the football went through, this NBA went through these, I'm sure, right? And um, because sports had already been established for over 100 years, 
everybody thought that because of the power of the internet that we can get there that much quicker. And sure, that is a possibility. Sure, of course it is. But at the same time, there is a level of respect that we have to give time and process before we are able to truly just fall in love with the fact that things are, that things can be done through shortcuts. Yep. And that is what a lot of people took in this in the in the last decade, uh, unfortunately. Yep. Um. Well, listen, if you don't have any more closing comments, guys, uh, his information, you don't even do social, but if his socials be down there, uh, thank you so much for joining. It's a long time, long time coming. I wish uh, we would have done this so much sooner, so this could have been a, a second one. But uh, thank you for everything that you do for Optic, man. Thank you for everything you've done for Optic. Um, you'll you always be a very close friend of mine, uh, not just because of what you've done for Optic, but because of, uh, of your very intelligent brain. And I appreciate uh, somebody to bounce ideas off of, as I do with you. Um, if you guys have any questions for my man, uh, do leave them in the, in, the, in the comment section down below. Uh, I want to thank the sponsors again, Uncommon Goods, Shopify, and Henson Shaving for sponsoring this podcast. And uh, a couple of podcasts ago, I said that I was going to give up on, on eavesdrop. I heard that. I might be changing my fucking mind. God damn it. We'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. <laughs> Lay off the unstarving. I mean, Jesus, Luis. You will never get this. <laughs> It all becomes this amalgamation of saltiness. You just shove it in your mouth, which is which is exactly what you want. Delicious. Mm. East Town Messy. You both shut the fuck up. Welcome to season number two of Idiots. Here's to Chicago. Ten days. Chicago, Illinois. We're all from here. These fighting gentlemen are going to give me the tour of tours. <laughs> but more importantly, you're going to see the delectableness that is the best city in the world, Chicago. Fucking ready? Just fucking gas, like super gas.